0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1244, air date June 21st, 2023. Yeah, and I think in today's conversation that I think we're really going to talk about, uh, as I understand, we're going to really talk about um, my position on what needs to be done to really win free speech. And, um, you know, in the earlier conversation we had, we talked about social media um, and Elon yeah. and what a fraud Elon Musk is but as a technologist you know it's not only good to critique you have to identify the problem but you also have to have an idea of what is the solution so that's what we want to talk about today but where do you want me to start?
1: So we have four four different kinds of uh, social media giants right now if I look at it. one is Wikipedia undoubtedly where as you said it's uh, racist then we have Twitter we have spoken about Elon Musk. Then we have Facebook, and there is, along with Facebook, and which is more, uh, what do you say, more spread out than Facebook itself is the Instagram. So these four uh, social media giants are controlling the narrative across the world, and you know. Uh, these are private individuals who can be bought and sold. And in fact, somebody a couple of days back told me if Elon Musk wants or, you know, if Omidyar uh, wants of, or even Mark Zuckerberg wants, they can buy and sell any country, whether it is in Europe or it, it, is, it is in Africa. I'd like to get started from there. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah. So I think the key thing we need to understand is from a technology perspective, um all of these social media platforms. I mean, let, let me just take it back even a little bit more. OK, I think let's even take it back to a, a, a l- l- longer historical perspective here. Any time, 3 there's been a new technology that comes right. The initial wow factor for humanity is to think, wow, this technology is going to save people's lives, we're going to have more freedom. So, for example, when the printing press came, right, when the printing press first came, uh, people said, okay, I can write a book. I can become a publisher. Every, all of us can re- become book writers and book publishers, right? So you just need some ink and you need to get some papyrus, whatever it is, and we, we will all become publishers. Well, what ended up happening? Just because you have technology doesn't mean it leads to freedom. Quite the inverse can occur. What ended up happening was there are five major publishing companies in the world, right? Um, Harper Collins, you can go down the list, five major companies. So if you want to get a book written and you want to get distribution, you have to play the game and you have to be one of them. Now you have some independent publishing, but independent publishing requires distribution. Distribution requires social media. Okay. Um, so just because you have technology doesn't mean we're going to get more freedom. When uh, TV and radio came, right? There were many, many, many different radio programs. You can go back to it. Or when newspapers came, there were so many in the United States, thousands and thousands of small local newspapers. All of them have been consolidated now. There's like three major companies which own all the three major local newspapers. So they can put out one message everywhere uh, throughout. Now, when the Internet, uh, the Internet, you know, the, the early version of the Internet was around. And then 1993, we created the World Wide Web, WWW, and that put a gooey front end on the internet, right? And it made the internet accessible to every human being. Again, when the internet came, there's a book I wrote. Where is it? Um, I may have it here. Oh, this book. I wrote this in 1993 called Arts and the Internet, okay? It says a guide to the revolution. Uh, Glenn Urban, you know, I have a degree in art and also architecture. Um, gave a uh, quote and there. It goes, a fresh look at the internet and its potential for arts, marketing, or creativity. The reason I wrote this book was I said, wow, this is the internet. A lot of my friends who are artists, musicians, artists, they always had to pay these gatekeepers to get their artwork out. And I, I said, wow, the internet could remove those gatekeepers. But then you had consolidation. So the original idea of the internet was we all build our own websites. We host it on small internet service providers and you control your access, you know, to people. But what's actually happened now is that five, four major uh, hosting platforms came, social media platforms, right? And these Twitter, right, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, they control. So people got lazy instead of building their own website. They went and said, oh, I'll just put, have a presence on Twitter. If you're smart, you'll always have your own presence, okay? Because those people can throw you out anytime. So again, when the Internet came, people had all of these illusions. Wow, this is going to be great. We're going to have more and more. um, We're going to have more and more freedom, right? We can all, you know, I can sell my uh, records. I can sell my art to everyone. But as the social media technology, because of the nature of imperialism consolidated, four people control all the Internet, right? Four major companies, your distribution. It's all about distribution, right? And so that's where we're at now. And so what is the solution? So we have to understand what it is all just because you have technology doesn't mean you get freedom. You know, our movement, truth, freedom and health intersects just, you know, truth or innovation or technology doesn't guarantee you're going to get more health than freedom. Freedom, fighting for freedom is in of itself a different activity. So. And what's happened over the last 50 years is people have stopped fighting for their own freedom, for their own civil rights, because they've outsourced that to the elites. In fact, now they've outsourced it to Elon Musk. They think Elon Musk is a free speech guy. It's, a, it's absurd. This guy's working, as we discussed it, with every major government. He's a worldwide government frontman for suppressing free speech under the name of free speech while he does back uh, door agreements and he keeps government back door. To all to all of these social media companies open, not only him, Zuckerberg, all of these people. Okay. So that is what's going on. We need to understand the state of the state. You don't m- many countries don't care about free speech, they never had it. And people fight for free speech in other countries. The United States has it, but it's been completely been taken over by these social media Silicon Valley elites. Okay? That's the reality. Okay. So what's the solution? Well, in my view, if you look at there are certain things that should not be owned by the government. They should be owned by the people. okay? Um, the concept of privatizing air, does that make any sense? Certain people will own the air. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, imagine privatizing clouds. imagine privatizing trees, okay? so on. There' are certain things should you know I can say, okay if I made if I made the shirt, that's my personal property. But I shouldn't own the air, right? And there are certain things that are like air. The highway systems, the oceans, right? Being able to travel, being able to communicate should not be something that is controlled by private companies. All right. So now the founders of the United States actually knew this. Benjamin Franklin and others knew this. That is why they created a very, very interesting institution that people don't give a lot of credit to, Called the United States Postal Service. Every country, if you think about a postal service in every Chortavala place and every the smallest, you have a postal place, right? And those postal service people are quite extraordinary. It's amazing that for a little money you can send a letter from here all the way to India and it gets there on time. It's amazing and these people don't get enough credit. It's quite extraordinary. So the postal service was created in the United States to ensure free speech could equal- Plus
1: there is privacy. Nobody nobody opens your letter exactly. and there's a lot of discretion.
0: Yes, yeah, you're bringing up a very inter- interesting point. There is, um, there is um, in the United States in particular, when they created the postal service concomitantly, they created a police force separately in parallel. So if there was a postal service, there was a US postal service police force reporting to the inspector general who could monitor and make sure that if anyone opened up mail, it was 20 years in prison. Forget encryption, all this technology. You get thrown in jail for 20 years. It was very strict. And this was developed in 1787, they had it, okay? So up until 1970, 70% of the letters going through the postal service was all mainly political mail. Left-wing, right-wing, Nazi, Green Party a racist mail, non race, everything. Anything was allowed, right? No one opened up your letters. It was a very free form of communication. Now, nothing was considered a hate speech or this speech. Everything flowed through the Postal Service. You cannot open up. And that was the principle of truly free speech. Free reach, uninhibited. Think about what I'm saying. Quite powerful, the Postal Service. So, um, in 1997, Very important year, and I'll tell you why. Remember, 1978 is when I invented email. The system, as we know it today, is black and white. If anyone has a controversy and you have a revulsion to that, you're more than likely a white supremacist. And most white supremacists we talked about are brown people who haven't figured out that brown people can also invent. It's not white people. Most white people are now recognizing yes, Dr. Shiva did invent email when you look at the facts. It's most Indians have a problem with an Indian inventing email because they're brainwashed. We talked about that in one of your segments. People should go see that. But as the inventor of email, you don't need the internet for having email. In the old days, we had it in the office environment. The inbox, outbox folders, when I put that into the electronic form, was email as we know it. But in 1993, when the World Wide Web came, people put a a web interface on what I had created. And thus emerged Yahoo Mail, Gmail, Hotmail. They were what I created, but they put a web interface on it. And more importantly, email went out of the office and became a consumer application. In 1993, when I used to do seminars you know, on arts and the internet, the, I used to tell people, look, the internet's coming, everyone's gonna have an email address. They go, no, 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 you're crazy, okay? In a room of a thousand people, only two people had an email address. Now nearly everyone has not just one email address, but two email addresses or three, okay? So in 1993, email became a consumer appliance not an office appliance and by 1997 email volume overtook postal mail volume there was more email going than physical snail mail okay and at that time i was running my second email company you know my second venture in email called echo mail which was a company that was an ai company that could analyze email i had originally won a contest for the white house to protect the president's you know, death threats, analyze them. I won that contest, started a company called Echo Mail. So when I saw this happening, I went to the United States Postal Service and I said, look, I know what email is. I I created it. And I'm very concerned that you guys are not offering a public email system because private companies are owning email. And this is quite extraordinary because they can open up your email. They own your, when people got free email, They forgot to read the terms and conditions. They own your email. They could shut you up. They own it. They can read it, everything. There's no privacy, okay? So they said, ah, yeah, we're in the mail business. What do you know? You're a 29 year old kid. We're bigger than Walmart, get out of here. That was in 1997. Uh, 14 years later, the Postal Service is going out of business. If you go look at 2011 front page article in New York Times, US Postal Service is going out of business. So I wrote a scathing article saying these guys are a bunch of idiots. They're not innovative. They're bureaucrats running it. In fact, in 1997, I said, look, I believe Americans will pay $10 or $15 annual fee. And if you give them email, because it's protected by that 20-year principle, not encryption. Technology doesn't, you create one encryption, someone else creates a better encryption technology, right? So these guys thought I was crazy and chased me out. What I ended up doing was in 2011, when they were going out of business, I I did an interview with Time Magazine and it's up there with Doug Ameth. And I said, Doug, these guys are a bunch of idiots as the inventor of email. You know, they could, they should offer a public mail service and they could make money. They could serve the public. And so that article went viral. And I got a call from the inspector general, the head of the police force of the Postal Service. And he said, what are you, what are you talking about? And then he invited me and they actually funded me. I don't know if they funded me. They wanted me to teach them how they could make money. And I did two very, very important documents on the Postal Service. They never did anything with it. They gave it to the Postmaster General. He sat on when I met when I uh, met Trump's son. I told him, look, you guys want freedom of speech. Give the poll. Let's electronify the Postal Service. Let them let it let them offer a version of email, a public service version, which would be protected by the laws of the United States. Idiots didn't get it. You see, when you think of a postal service, what do you mean? They're a bunch of people with mailbags. No. They were created to protect speech, not just deliver mail. It's like when the railroads came, all of the railroad people should have gotten into airplanes. They said, oh, no, no, we're in the railroad business. No, you're in the fucking, excuse me, you're in the transportation business. Okay? These people did not understand that. They're in the so they said, oh, railroads died, airplanes took off. The postal service is in the communications business to protect communications of every U.S. citizen. So my solution is the, the, we need to use what are called mesh networks, which are point-to-point peer networks. And those antennas can be put on all the postal services. It's a people's network. And each postal service could have servers running which run email and every social media platform. Take it away from Twitter because the Postal Service is run by the people because the Postal Service is, is a quasi-government organization, you say, And I believe this is a solution for the world. Just like the highway systems, air needs to be owned. It cannot be owned. It's people's property. It needs to be communal property. And there are certain things should be communal property. It's too dangerous to have one guy, Elon Musk, owning this or Google owning this. There are certain things which must be owned by the people for the people. And the Postal Service is staring us right in the face, Guy. It was set up as that infrastructure to do that. And so as the inventor of email, I think like this, right? Um, Typically, other people don't think like this because, A, they're not thinking innovatively. B, they actually want to subjugate people they don't want to free people so that is the ultimate solution here
1: but don't you think if you know if these are government owned because people owned uh, technically translates to government owned so any government which is in power uh, will uh, will make sure to kill the voice uh, voices of the opposition yeah yeah but
0: let's talk about that but first remember when the postal service was set up it reports to congress okay It is. And so once, uh, if you even, well, (laughs) Twitter is government controlled, Facebook is government controlled, okay? And they can be easily bought. There's no way that I as a public citizen can say anything against Facebook. Facebook has First Amendment rights. You see? Facebook has First Amendment rights. They can say, oh, we can throw anyone off. But if the government violated your First Amendment rights and opened your email, Okay, which they can do. Every private company can. You can actually adjudicate that in court. You can take it to court. You have no rights right now. You cannot take Twitter to court on this. They say, hey, you signed that agreement. We own your email. We can open it up or Facebook or WhatsApp, etc. You understand what I'm saying? You have no adjudication. You can
1: hold the government responsible, but you cannot hold the private individuals responsible. Yes,
0: because you can. Yes. So no matter how much encryption you have, how much technology, right? The private companies own your content. They own your social media uh, profile. They own your Twitter, they own it. They have terms of service and they have first amendment rights also. So what I'm saying is it's the postal service was created not as a uh, completely government organization, the postal service. It was a quasi government organization reporting to Congress. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So, uh, last question. But don't you think these uh, these social media joints are threat to free speech? I'm not. They're not spreading free speech, but they're threat to s- democracy and free speech.
0: Exactly. That is why it's it's a very dangerous world that we live in right now. Because we have, you know, it's one thing five publishers owning paper. You could still print your own paper, right? Now, you, within a microsecond, they can character assassinate you. With a microsecond, they can make you invisible like Elon Musk did to me. When I started exposing him, keeping this backdoor portal, my views went from 500,000 impressions per day down to 5,000 impressions per day. Okay? There are certain things that must be communal property. And social media, email must become owned by the people for the people. Same with the networks. AT&T, T-Mobile, Tata, all these people should not be owning these networks. There's too powerful. It should be public property and in such a way that it's under the laws. So you can, if someone does something, you can take them to court immediately and your mail cannot be opened by anyone like the the postal service has a law. It's 22 year sentence in prison. If you open up someone's mail, this is the future. And I'm the only one who came up with the solution. Okay. So there you go, Guy Three. That's the solution is that, but we live in very dangerous times. We're living in a time we're handing down power to a moron like a scumbag, like Elon Musk, um, to thinking that Joe Rogan is somebody to thinking that Donald Trump is going to save us or or Robert F. Kennedy. All these people create the left right dialectic and they all report up to the government. They all believe in top down rule. You know, they all believe because they all are making money all the way on this. You know, Trump's son-in-law made two billion dollars from the Saudis. Two billion he got a 2 billion dollar uh-huh. loan you know he wouldn't have gotten that if he wasn't trump's son in law so that's what's going on so you know our presidency our run for president is a very historic one because first of all you have a a guy who came from nothing i have no So one. you have
1: some some interesting car stickers you you were talking to me about Yeah yeah what oh, i, I was understand. saying
0: was yeah. that everyone listening should the way let me just say a couple of things everyone should go to shivaforpresident.com and you can get one of these car stickers. One of these stickers you put on the back of your car. I made it very you peel it, you know, you, it's it's nothing you can get it online. You can support the campaign. 100,000 people will see a sticker per day. So if you're driving this around 300 days, that's 30 million views. That's more views than you can get on any social media account. The future is offline, Guy right. 3. And people can it also is. go to truthfreedomhelp.com and become one of our warrior scholars. Every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., I invite all of you to come to our open house. You just go to vashiva.com orientation. 11 a.m. we do it for, you know, where you are, Europe, uh, Africa, uh, India. And then 8 p.m. we also repeat it. But it's a long day for me on Thursdays, but I invite everyone to come. But anyone, everyone can support our campaign. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Our, you know, our campaign really represents a movement. A movement for truth freedom and health and i'm sort of the ambassador of that running for office in the united states but we want to create leaders all over the world and just a simple sticker put it on the back of your car whether you're in south africa whether you're in india whether you're in the united states you know it's a it's really a global movement because we all know that america what happens in america follows everywhere else 10 5 10 years later you know so right all right, guys,
1: thank you so much Sarah, for joining. And uh, Pelle, Sari, if you a request, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the alternate media. If you want to contribute, if you want to support, you want to send a feedback, all the links are given in the description box. Sir has, has a channel on which he regularly uh, uploads uh, quite informative videos, be it on climate change, be it on uh, health issues, and a lot of other techniques. Uh, technology related matters also. So I'll put the links in the description box so that you can get connected to his platforms as well. Thank Hi you, you so much great. for
0: joining. Bye bye, be well. So everyone, that I, I just did that interview, a second part interview that I did, I'm really talking about the solution. Um, the real solution to free speech in the digital world is we need the networks and the entire uh, framework owned by the people for the people. And I have a solution for that that, that I just went through. And again, we need people who care about us, people like me, people like you, um, and to build a bottoms up movement. And that's what our campaign is for. So go to shivaforpresident.com, please volunteer, donate. And when you donate, you get stuff. I just don't wanna take your money. I always like giving stuff back. Uh, That is not my goal. Um, These billionaire guys like Trump and Kennedy, they just take people's money. They don't give a damn about you. And I don't know, and they take their money and they give it to their friends. Our campaign is completely volunteer run. It's bottoms up and become part of it. Go to uh, shivaforpresident.com. There's a little thing running right there or above wherever you are. Go to Shiva for president, um, become a volunteer, become donate. But most importantly, become a warrior for truth, freedom and health. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com and like this video, share it. Let all your friends know about it. Um, Vashiva.com slash orientation to come. As I end, as I always like to do, let me play you our Shiva for president video. Be well, be the light. Thank you. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste, untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses and coding software. My friends and neighbors are Blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. Growing up I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter, I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office all that changed when i saw working americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not so obvious establishment across left and right we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to america and why america existed lawyers academics billionaires celebrities and politicians elites clintons kennedys bidens obamas bushes black and white have hijacked america they have printed trillions for their friends they delivered crumbling infrastructure corruption and racism They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out, one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time never waiting until it was popular i've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them i've exposed their fake signs of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system saving millions i expose fauci galvanize the fire fauci campaign when others remain silent when they stole our election we sued the government and twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people. Who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey, are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back Truth Freedom Health. To win back America. Be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shiva Durey, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shiva Durey and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. All right, everyone, as I said, go get one of these bumper stickers wherever you are. Remember, you put it on the back of your car, the back left window. 100,000 people see it per day. That's much more views than you can get. And you can do something uh, if you're shy to go out and hand out a flyer. This is something everyone can do. So go do that and also volunteer for the campaign and become part of the movement for truth for health. Again, open house 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. every Thursday. That's tomorrow. So see you. Be well, be the light. Thank you.